Hello everyone, welcome back to Janine Hasn't Seen. We are still in our special August month of Augustness and Janineness and Janine Hasn't Seen Inus <laughs> because it's a special time on this particular show where we switched it all around to be Janine Hasn't Seen. Are you excited for this week, Janine? I am very excited. Well, I was particularly excited for last week, obviously, the start of Janine Hasn't Seen. was originally supposed to be the Vincent Price movie, The Haunted Palace. Um, however, there was a delay in us doing that movie. Yes, I couldn't find it streaming anywhere, so I ultimately ended up buying a DVD. The DVD hasn't arrived yet either. So. Yes, so it is now our second week promising that... <laughs> Vincent Price is, the, in fact, it's our third week promising <laughs> that Vincent Price's The Haunted Palace will be next week's episode. Because um, it wasn't last week's, because we did Bugsy Malone, which is one of my absolute favourite movies of all time. And you really liked Bugsy Malone. I did. The music was great, and it was just a, such a really fun premise. So. so we're taking it like to the complete extreme opposite. Well, not the complete extreme opposite, I suppose, but pretty different in style of movie yeah. this week. There, there is no rhyme or reason to these choices. Basically, no, there just isn't. movies that you enjoy that I've never seen. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Because the question arose, I said, okay, Janine, you, you've been wanting to watch more Universal monster movies for ages. Now, obviously, over on the main show... We've actually covered near enough every major Universal monster movie, including this one we're talking today. It just so happened that this one was a very, very early episode of the main show. Um, not that it matters. Anyway, this is a whole different show with a whole <laughs> different premise behind it. Uh, but I asked the question, what Universal monster movie would you like to watch, Janine? Because you had only ever seen Frankenstein? Yes. And you've still only ever seen... Well, you have seen 1925's Phantom of the Opera. I have. Which, which you know, I'm very happy that we ever talked about that on the main show, because we did that one time. That was fun, wasn't it? Um, yes. I liked that. <laughs> but you say you went for this one. You went for The Mummy, 1932... The Mummy, Karloff, not Boris Karloff anymore, he's just billed as Karloff because after Frankenstein he's just that popular yes. that you only have to use his last name. I'm not going to go in with a usual question. I'm going to go in <laughs> with, what did you think The Mummy was going to be? Um, well, I mean, I've seen clips and things, you know, when talking about it, and I am a huge fan of the uh, Stephen Summers, you know, remake Mummy, yes. Brendan Fraser. That is one of my favorite movies, That um, the first two movies, anyway. Um, so I kind of had an inkling of what it was going to be like. I felt like it was maybe going to be lean more towards, you know, because like, the, the newer one is obviously more action-adventure yeah. kind of movie. Not really scary at all. So I expected this to be maybe a little bit more scary. Yeah. And creepy. 
So that's kind of what I was looking forward to. In comparison to the Brendan Stephen Fraser? Stephen Summers, Brendan Fraser one, yes. Or in comparison to itself? Were you expecting it to be scarier than it actually was? Yes. <laughs> I think that's a fair statement. I think that's a fair statement because I, I happen to think that The Mummy is a fantastic romance movie. And maybe not the creepiest horror movie ever made. No, it's not. I thought it was going to be more creepy, I think. It's a romantic drama. <laughs> it's a supernatural romantic drama. Yes. That is what this movie is. It is not like any of the other uh, Universal Monsters movies, really. Because, at least for me, you kind of... You're, you're very... Well, I suppose it is like it's like Frankenstein in a way, because you always you kind of root for Frankenstein and Frankenstein, don't you? Because he's misunderstood and all that business. Yes. Um, I I kind of root for Imhotep in the Mummy because he's just trying to he's just trying to find his long lost bride. That's all he well, wants. Until he's like tries to embalm her and all of that. Oh yeah, he tries to. He goes a bit creepy with it. He goes a bit like unnecessarily extreme with it. But what do you expect? This is what you expect. But I think his heart's in the right place. <laughs> I've always thought that. Well, he's trying to put her soul in the right place. So. He is. He is. He is. Um, but no, I. I like the mummy. I really do like the mummy. It. Is not one I rewatch as much as a lot of the other ones, to be honest with you. I think out of the major ones, the one I, um, it's probably on my second least rewatched list, along with Creature from the Black Lagoon. And a lot of people like really love Creature from the Black Lagoon. I I I think Creature from the Black Lagoon's okay. I think it's a good movie. I think it's just a little. Well, it's obviously way later than the others. It's 1953, 54. Um, and obviously all the others are the, you know, the, the, the major one that is even near to that is the Wolfman that's from 41. Okay. So, you know, it, it's, it's, it's way different in style than the other ones is Creature from the Black Lagoon. That's definitely my least rewatched, followed by, uh, followed by this one. To be perfectly honest with you, and that's not because I don't like this movie. That's just purely because, if I'm going to go and watch a Universal Monsters movie, I want a little bit of, uh, I want a little bit of uh, of atmosphere. I want a little bit of creepiness. I want a little bit yeah. of kind of old classic, uh, not classic. I hate that word. Um, <laughs> Sort of, you know, gothic kind of, oh, big castle, oh, foggy night, oh, lightning soup. crashing in the yeah, background. that kind yes. of stuff. <laughs> um, well, and yeah, I think the beginning of this movie gave me that sense. I of, love like, the beginning. It's gonna be creepy, and I love then the yeah, first and then it turned into like the whole love story aspect. And I really, the one I really wanted to do was the Invisible Man, but I felt like that had been fairly recently done on yeah the main that's show. true so because this was kind of so far in the past on the main show like like what the second or third episode or something like that i think i want to say it was actually maybe the eighth or ninth okay but still yeah. that's a hell of a long time ago <laughs> yes so i felt that was kind of more fresh because i figured yeah we 
you guys definitely covered Invisible Man fairly recently on the main show. Yeah, so, it wasn't that too was, long ago. So that was the one I was really kind of wanting to see because I haven't seen that before. Um, because I felt like the themes of that were definitely more kind of sinister and kind of creepy. And... We actually covered the Invisible Man for the remake coming out, I think. Uh, okay. So it really wasn't that long ago at all. Okay. Um, well, we say that. We, because we all think it's still March, don't we? That's why. It's actually yes. August now for anybody actually paying attention to what month it is. Yeah. Weirdness. But yeah, the invis- look, the Invisible Man is... I love, 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 love the Invisible Man. It may honestly be... Well, it's probably not my favourite one. They're just so good. Um... It's my favourite science based one, though. Okay. Better like, than Dr. Jekyll. <laughs> Dr. I don't count... Dr. Jekyll doesn't, fall, doesn't form into them. Dr. Jekyll's a different production company. Really? Dr. Jekyll, okay. I believe, is an RKO radio picture, Ginny. Oh, okay. Which is why it's a little bit weirder. Uh. And a little bit more... Silly with it, and a little bit more creative, to be perfectly honest with you. Because Universal Monsters movies, for all their glorious wonderfulness, are spectacle movies. They're popcorn horror movies. They're not what you would call the most overly creative movies in the world. Certainly when you compare them to 1931, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, that we did cover we did. Um, and was absurdly <laughs> creative, and we were really, really pleased about that. Yes. Um, but the mummy, the mummy is is in a weird area of its own that's very sort of distant from horror. You know, in a strange way, like the mummy himself is obviously still very much a universal monster, um, and if you were looking at the poster to this movie, which is obviously a very, very famous, famous. poster and a mm-hmm. phenomenal poster. And the opening scene, which is a flat-out horror scene. And and I love that opening scene. It's very, very creepy. You don't see any of the mummy, any of the mummy's movements. All you see of Boris Karloff actually in mummy bandages is him lying in the sarcophagus upright, just... Yeah still and you see the little foot drag out of the room drag, that's all you yes. see and the guy just screaming mad like like he's gone mad and these just yeah. crazy maddening screams like just adds to that effect of so yeah i was really loving that and i was kind of like wanted more but you didn't really <laughs> get much more after that no not not in terms of the <laughs> creepiness you really really don't no. you really don't what you do get, though, at least from my point of view, is a very, 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 very well-acted movie, particularly from Karloff, who obviously has the nice lisp and the nice everything. Oh, yes, hello, I'm Boris Karloff. I'm going to take my wife back. Hello. <laughs> He's very soft-spoken. He's very monotone. And he has the lisp, when I absolutely love Boris Karloff's lisp. <laughs> I love it. Um... But it's why I kind of root for it's why I, it's why I kind of root for Imhotep in this whole movie. I just love the way he says his wife's name. 
<laughs> it's so... There's, there's, this is what I mean when it comes to the Universal Monsters movies. They have an atmosphere to them, like a sort of... They have a, an inherent creepiness to them. The Mummy has that in a different way, where it's just kind of Karloff being very, very emotionless, but his character is built around emotion. Yes, he's very kind of stoic, but his whole reasoning is because of love, such a powerful emotion. Yeah. Um, but he's not really emoting that side of it. <laughs> it's such a different... It's such a different movie to to the other to the others. It just really is. But anyway, this isn't Morgan rambles on about the monster movies. <laughs> this is Janine hasn't seen. So Janine, apart from obviously the opening scene, which is a flat out horror scene, we love the guy, the one dude who, uh, you know, is hysterically laughing. Yes, and it's even, like, just a great build as well. Like, you know, the whole warning, don't open it. And then he, like, opens and he's really excited and curious. And then the thing that's behind him is, like, all of a sudden right there. And then he just kind of starts laughing and, you know, mad, crazy. Like, I can't believe what I just saw screams. Um, so, yeah, I just loved kind of the whole build of that scene, not just the main, you know, part where we actually kind of get the glimpse of the mummy which was also great kind of tension building but yeah. yeah just the whole build in general of that scene kind of building up to seeing finally seeing him like you know and i didn't know if we were gonna see him that soon um but then kind of looking at the runtime i was like okay yeah oh yeah look, gonna... <laughs> it's one of the shorter ones yeah. i think anyway i think you know like I, mean, I can't remember exactly how long it is, but it, it's it's no yeah. longer than an hour fifteen. Yeah, it's like an hour thirteen or something like that. Um, it's the same length as as your Frankenstein, your Dracula's Bride of Frankenstein's a touch longer. It's like an hour twenty. Um, Invisible Man's only about an hour fifteen. Uh, Wolfman's all about an hour fifteen. They're all very, very, very short movies. Short and sweet movies. Yeah. Um, but what do you make of it as a spectacle horror movie? I mean, like you said, it feels very kind of simple. Like, I kind of expected more, maybe. Like, I expected more kind of drama and the creepiness, like yeah. I said. Um and yeah, it just ended up kind of being a very simple love story. Like, he just had a very singular mission. That's what he was trying to do. The other kind of ancillary characters are mostly there for exposition. Yeah. Um. So yeah, definitely wasn't as... Um, like, it looked great. Um. You know why it uh, looked great, don't you? You know why it looked great? Because the director... Is Carl Freund, who was the cinematographer for a lot of Fritz Lang's movies and F. W. Mm. Murnau's movies in the twenties, okay. stuff like Metropolis. Mm. He shot that, yeah, and a, a lot of other stuff from those. He worked very, very closely with both those wonderful German filmmakers and he's he was german himself they brought him over they said okay carl do you want to <laughs> do you want to direct the mummy we've we've done we've done dracula we've done dracula we've given that one to todd browning we've done frankenstein we've given that one to to james whale 
Todd Browning's gone and done Freaks, and we don't really like Todd Browning anymore because it was a bit too extreme for us. Have you ever seen Freaks, Janine? You really should. It's great. <laughs> have you ever actually seen Freaks? I have not. Have you heard of Freaks? No. So Freaks is like the most ahead-of-its-time horror movie of all time. It's a circus sideshow people uh, sort of revolting against their cruel leaders oh. and it's casting well it's full of real circus sideshow so like people without arms and legs and um you know all the yeah i'm gonna use offensive <laughs> terms and i don't want to use offensive terms because they use in that movie you know stuff like you know the sort of circus side and i'm using air quotes the circus sideshow um, attraction of the pinhead Okay. Which is the person with you know a, I, I don't know how we, I don't know how to describe it like a binded head like a yeah um bearded women that kind of stuff in the okay. movie there's just okay. like you know like uh, a, a a a little person, person married couple and that kind of stuff people who without legs who walk on the hands that kind of stuff okay uh, it's full of it but it's okay. all those people sort of going turning you know on what? their Turning on, turning on the star of the show, yeah. Who's just like the ringleaders a, a, when it's a regular, yeah. a regular human woman, yeah. Um, who just thinks she's better than everybody else because she's normal, and yeah. all these other people are freaks, the titular yeah. freaks. Yeah. Um, they end up turning her into a half woman, half chicken person. Oh my goodness, that's intense. And this is this movie is from nineteen thirty two. It stopped Todd Browning ever having a career again because people didn't. <laughs> people just people. It was banned for decades. Seriously? Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> it's a great movie. It is a great movie. Um, and like I is said, that what very, I'm watching next week. <laughs> vi- no, no, I don't. I don't know if I don't know if you're ready for freaks. To be honest with you, <laughs> you need to be in the right frame of mind for a movie that unusual. <laughs> um, but that's a that's a movie that's very very ahead of its time and very very progressive in its thinking. Yeah. Because um, obviously, circus sideshow performers were exactly were viewed as exactly how the movie title describes them as. Yeah. Um, but the movie itself is very much you know in favour of the of in favour of uh, them. Which is I, I I like that movie. I like I like the sort of revolution style movies. Well, you know general. I like my comeuppance, so that's well, there's a lot of, a hell of a lot of comeuppance in the movie. <laughs> that's for me for sure. Hell of a lot of comeuppance in the movie. But what's obviously most fascinating about that movie is that it's starring real life top draw circus performers. Okay. And circus sideshow acts who were very, very well known in that world. Um, I don't know if you you won't know any of the names off by heart unless you you know sort of look into them. Yeah. But you, having looked into them, you will know um, that these performers were extraordinarily popular in the circus world. Okay. Um, like a guy, literally, a guy, I mean, as as offensive and ridiculous as it is, they called him the human caterpillar. 
because he had a head and a body. He had a head and a torso. That was it. He had a phenomenal moustache, by the way. Just going, just seeing that. <laughs> the dude's act was uh, lighting and smoking a cigarette without yeah, obviously any arms, any arms and legs. Yeah. yeah. So he just used his mouth to get a cigarette out of a packet, light it, and start smoking it by just oh. using his mouth. Okay. That, I would be impressed by that. And what do you see in that movie? You see him do that. Just for, It's just like a minute-long little segment. Okay, let's watch him do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because that's the draw of that movie. Anyway, yes. this isn't a talk about the movie <laughs> Freaks. This is a talk about what Universal <laughs> did with their directors. Um, I can only assume they brought Carl Freund in because he'd obviously shot... He wasn't the most prolific director, but he was an extremely prolific cinematographer. Yeah. Um, so that would be why the movie looks great. Okay. Particularly, I think, in the flashback scenes. Oh, yes. Because, um, yeah, I think, I want to say, like, I would think that lighting and things like that, an atmosphere would be harder to portray in black and white. Um, so easier. the fact that... Oh, it is. Okay. Um, I just, just think it is. But it actually looked really beautiful. Like, it definitely had a great vibe and sense of, you know, what you kind of know of old Hollywood. Um, like, you would think in that era, they'd still be behind in a lot of ways. So things wouldn't look as smooth and, um, you know, like, polished. What Yes, as they did. Um, so that was kind of a nice surprise to see um, just how nice everything looked. Uh, but yeah, like, I think just my whole takeaway is that I just wanted it to be scarier. I expected it to be scarier. Um, but I did end up liking the story because, you know, I, I like my romance. So yeah. ultimately, that's what the story was. Like a tragic romance. You saw the whole flashback where, you know, he was just trying to resurrect his love and he got caught, you know, taking sacred texts to do it and um, ended up being put in an unmarked grave. And I liked that that whole kind of flashback in itself ended up being kind of its own like silent movie. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. it's done in a, a different style. It's done in a, in a real silent movie, speed yeah. up the frames kind of style. Yeah, yeah. I like so I, I really liked that because I mean, you don't really need. He kind of just basically says what's happening, like briefly, and then you get to kind of see it play out. So I like that he wasn't like narrating over the whole kind of scene, and I like that it they did it in this like kind of quick paced, um, silent film kind of style. I thought that was yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. I am sorry as well. I don't mean to interrupt or talk. I'm very excited. Oh no! I get excited when I when I talk about early '30s horror movies. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. But it's just built off of this. I don't know how the mummy kind of ended up getting this reputation of being like this kind of scary figure because really that's not what his story is that much about you know so I, that's kind of where my thought went was like okay how is he billed as like this monster like i guess because i guess because he's sequels. i guess because he's un and he's undead you know he's undead <laughs> and you have sequels 
that you know like the curse of the mummy the mummy's hand all this kind okay. of stuff that builds on that whole kind of evil yeah yeah and look he you said he has a very singular goal in this in this movie and he does and he isn't about to be stopped by anyone well that's true that's, so that's that's his thing that's the mummy's thing different in that way to similar in that way to the invisible man very similar in that way to the invisible man the invisible man kind of has his goal and he he's going to he's not going to be stopped because he's got all this power now very different to the invisible man i suppose in the in the way that the oh, invisible just man the... drives himself mad yeah. by by just him having created so much power, power yeah. for himself he drives himself mad but it's similar in the way that it's a, a singular kind of idea. So that, everyone else is kind of in trouble because even yeah, the poor dog, even the <laughs> even the poor dog is not going to stop him. Exactly, nobody's <laughs> going to stop him. Yes, um, so, and I wish similar in that way to Dracula because nobody's yes. going to stop Dracula doing what he wants to do unless yeah. you actually kill him, which obviously happens at the end of Dracula. Um, but does it really? Because Dracula can't die. Even though yeah. there's never a sequel to Dracula, so Dracula kind of... Well, I suppose <laughs> there is. You know, you have your weird mishmash ones in the 40s and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Everybody involved and Lon Chaney Jr. playing Dracula. Um, it's not a very consistent cinematic universe. No. <laughs> but I do, you know, like how you've seen him kind of like somebody... he take somebody and you don't see it you just know what he's done um but like the other deaths it's all or like the manipulations are all kind of mental and you just see like that very kind of famous shot of his face yeah and him kind of um hypnotism yeah hypnotizing people to do what he wants them to do or like you know killing that guy's dad because you know he's about to burn the scroll and all of that yeah. I, I kind of wanted more physical interaction as opposed to just like this hypnotic power um i think that would have given me the creepiness that i was maybe hoping for um but i always like when they have that shot and then like you know you don't see his eyes and then his eyes come into focus like that yeah. is always so really it's really cool and the makeup is really good too like he looks like you know and the whole thing is like don't touch me and like yeah because you you really look feel like if you touch him he will just like dust away <laughs> yeah you really do you really do i like it he as a character he gives off a lot of unusual vibes yeah. isn't it which is what why where the creepiness comes from this is why the movie's a little bit different because it's basically a celebration of egyptology i don't know how into egyptology you are janine <laughs> are you at um, all are you, are you um, big onto ancient <laughs> egypt um not particularly like, I like it, but I don't really know much about it. Well, you know who was big into ancient Egypt was people in the 20s and 30s. Ah. You know when Tutankhamun's tomb was discovered? You know what year that was? When? 1922. Ooh, okay. That was, the 20s was massive 
for British people going to Egypt, stealing all the Egyptian things and bringing them back to British museums. <laughs> you know, and that kind of stuff. But it's, uh, in a way, you know, celebrating Egyptology, which is the, the whole term for the, the whole situation, right? Yes, and so technically you'd kind of not feel so bad that the mummy is coming after these people because That's technically exactly they're point. thieves, yeah, <laughs> right? That is exactly my point. I think, secretly, the movie really wants you to root for, or at least now, I feel, I feel like, to be perfectly honest, a lot of the Universal Monster movies you tend to root for the actual monsters in today's world as opposed to in the world of the 30s. Now, I'm sure, obviously, a lot of people see the mummy as a monster because, oh, well, why, why is he killing these? Or why is, he, why, is he, why is he trying to bother these archaeologists who are just doing their job? Whereas, no, I'm what I'm saying is, like, I'm with Imhotep, Ardeth Bay, whatever you want to damn call him. <laughs> and being like, no, get off my things. These are my yeah. things in my yeah. place. Yeah. Stop taking them back. Let us be us. Which is why I, again, why I'm like, you go, Imhotep. <laughs> you go, girl. <laughs> exactly. But I think then, I think you maybe needed that to maybe sympathize with your monster. I liked that they kind of added those elements in there for you to kind of sympathize yeah. because, um, and I think they've tried to replicate that in these remakes and it hasn't worked until maybe Invisible Man where they actually like made, <laughs> made you not sympathize at all. Well, <laughs> I think this, look, this is why the Invisible Man... <laughs> This is why The Invisible Man was not only the perfect remake, but the perfect um, character to remake. Because The Invisible Man is truly unlikable as a character. Yeah. He is. He's unpleasant to everybody he comes in contact with in the movie, in the book, everything. But was he, like, a good person before he got this power? Or was he always, like, terrible? I mean... And, and the power just made... Did the power make him like that? Or was he always kind of like the, that? The power opened it up within him. It was okay. there. Okay. You can look at it in a way like Jekyll and Hyde. Like, it's it's there somewhere, but it needs that thing to burst Push out. it over the edge. Okay. And the Invisible Man is obviously a kind of a, a violent maniac, um, as Mr. Hyde is, for instance. And, you know, we can all read into Jekyll and Hyde as being, oh, is Mr. Hyde just the secret version of Dr. Jekyll that he doesn't want the world to see and all that kind of stuff? If you yeah. want to read into it, I think, yes, 100%, that's what I like to do with it. Uh, and that's what I like to do with the Invisible Man as well, to be honest. I think the Invisible Man, um, or the, the you know the character, was always a, a, a good scientist. He was always a good student at his university, and then he just made this fascinating discovery, yeah. and he just thought, "Oh God, I'm the greatest person ever," <laughs> and I'm just going to go with that. 
I'm just going to go with that and I'm going to throw things everywhere. I'm going to cause chaos. I'm going to annoy all these people in this tiny village. <laughs> That's basically what the Invisible Man does. And I think depending on the story, like, it helps to get a backstory on your villain or your monster. Um, and then other times you kind of just don't want to know anything about them and that makes them more scary. Yeah. Um, like, what I do think- you what do you prefer? not knowing anything about your villain or do you think it depends on the story they're trying to tell? Do you want something in there that is going to help you kind of sympathize with them a little bit? Again, again, it really does depend on what monster we're talking about. Because look, I wouldn't want to know any more about Count Dracula than I do. I don't need to know what happened to Dracula 300 years ago when he First nobody ever cares <laughs> nobody ever cares nobody's ever bothered we are only bothered about the fact that dracula is there and dracula is doing whatever he's doing <laughs> yeah we're not bothered about where he's come from frankenstein's monster obviously we have to know where he's come from because that's the point of it yeah the mummy in hotep again you kind of have to know where he's come from because that's the point of it. If you didn't know, if you were just turned up, if a group of archaeologists were just in Egypt and then a mummy came out of nowhere and terrorised them all for an hour and 15 minutes, <laughs> it, wouldn't be, it wouldn't be anything. It would be an episode of Scooby-Doo. Or something like that. It wouldn't be anything, would it, really? Yeah. In, a, in fact, an episode of Scooby-Doo even has more depth than that. <laughs> you need, you need the backstory. Good, that's a good example. You need the backstory um, of Imhotep to, to care about him. The Invisible Man, you need to know the story of. The Wolf Man, you need to know the story of. Dracula's kind of the only one, really. And really the creature, need. And the creature from the Black Lagoon, obviously, because that's a whole different thing. Dracula's really the only one where I'm honestly saying, I don't need to know any more than I already know about you, Count. But I think that's harder as well. I think that's a testament to good storytelling where you do things and show things of this monster that makes them more human or makes you sympathize with them more, but then somehow still try to keep them being scary like like a candy man like you hear all the horrific things that happened to him you know as a man but you're still terrified of him he still feels like the villain even though you know you know he was horrifically tortured and all of the terrible things that happened to him you know in his human life um so i think that's definitely a testament to still try to make a monster scary even though you know you know what they've been through and you can kind of sympathize with it a little bit another Which one I think happens another here. one like he wasn't as scary as i had hoped but there were definitely scary elements of him you know very being cold and stoic and yeah you know powerful yeah um similar in ca- similar to candy man in that way i suppose yeah because look imhotep as a you know as who imhotep was obviously in ancient egypt um like you said he was caught trying to uh, trying to um revive his dead wife 
and um, which was which didn't hold well with all the other Egyptians. No. So they did unpleasant things to him, and like you said, killed him. That ain't nice. <laughs> That's what happened to Candyman as well. If you want to, yeah. if you want to keep it as Candyman, Candyman was a slave. Ultimately, yeah. um, and was tortured um, in in that kind of way. It's also what happened to Freddy Krueger, yeah, who was tormented and burned alive in his own house, and came back. It's why we kind of like these characters, like Candyman. Do you not kind of half root for Candyman just because you think, yeah, you go Candyman. I like Candyman. Candyman's got a mission. Candyman's yeah. got a purpose. Freddy Krueger. It's why we all like Freddy Krueger. We all like Freddy Krueger. Not because he makes jokes. It's actually because we don't like the fact that he was killed by a load of children and we understand his motive. <laughs> we understand Imhotep's motive because yes. he was unjustly killed when all he wanted to do was love his Was resurrect his, his love, yeah. Love. That's all yeah. he wanted to do. So who are we to blame Imhotep for that? Yes. I don't blame him, Hotep, for that. So, I, yeah, I do like that there's that added kind of work you have to do and put into a story to not only have you kind of sympathize with your monster, but um, also have the monster still be menacing and scary. Um, that comes with Karloff. Yeah. It does. That comes with Karloff. Um, I do admittedly love the marketing more than this more than the actual movie <laughs> and i do like the movie i like the movie a lot but the poster is unbelievable as a, as a it's got every single little thing you would want in a old style poster and like um i this question came up in the schmodown like who played the mummy and whatever and i was like you know why I know this? Because of Jack Shipley and the mummy poster that's always <laughs> behind his head in every video poster. we've seen him. <laughs> that's like, poster. that's how I know that poster so well. So thank you, Jack Shipley, for always like having that. that poster up right in the background. I like that. I, like, I, I remember that. I like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it also happens to be by far the best poster of all Universal Monster movies. Um, ironically, I think Dracula's poster is awful <laughs> i think it's a dreadful looking poster to be honest with you i really do i love the bride of frankenstein's poster and i like the and i love the mummy's poster wolfman's is hit and miss frankenstein's is okay black lagoon's pretty good as a poster but uh nothing beats the mummy Nothing beats the mummy. Yeah. Like, once I watch all of these, I have this whole kind of design idea to do, like, my versions of these posters. Because, sure. yeah, I love the vibe of them. You um, really should. Yeah. You really should. People people don't like Dracula. <laughs> I found this more and more. I don't know why I'm onto this now. I'm just, well, I, then, I get excited. People don't like know, Dracula. People think Dracula's boring. Well, you know what they should watch then? Should watch Dracula. They should watch Blackula. <laughs> they should watch Blackula. If you think Dracula's boring, you need to watch Blackula. We'll never think yeah. Dracula's boring again. <laughs> um, or you never think vampires boring again. No, people people do think Dracula's kind of slow though. And I get that, I get that, but you've gotta like 
you've got to sit with Dracula. Dracula is its own, and I don't know why I'm talking about Dracula. I get excited <laughs> talking about these movies. Dracula's its own beast. It really is. It's got its own, it's the first one. So it's got its its own vibe to it. They're still they're learning how to make a full-on phenomenal success of a horror movie that I, they perfected with Bride of Frankenstein, as far as I'm concerned. Well, then you know it, what? Then it kind of gets a little bit, a little bit downhill. Oh, that's a bummer. But they're still well, that's, gold. That's another one I need to watch, is Bride of Frankenstein. Bride <laughs> of Frankenstein... You have, so you have seen Frankenstein. What do you think of Frankenstein? Not that we're talking about Frankenstein <laughs> in particular, but hell, hell, this is fun. This is Janine hasn't seen. <laughs> no, I do like the whole tragic sense of him. Like, why was he created and him feeling kind of lost and not understanding things and not being understood. Um, you know, he didn't choose to be created. He was created and now everyone hates him. Like, I, I really um appreciated that um narrative uh definitely very tragic um and sad um and you know he's a monster and he doesn't understand what that means he doesn't want to be that so um definitely probably my favorite narrative because i mean i think everyone generally knows all the narratives of these characters even if they haven't seen the movies of course so it's definitely one that I um, appreciate and really sympathize with a lot. Um, and yeah, like my whole kind of love of just the idea of these characters comes from things like Monster Squad. So, okay. <laughs> you know. <laughs> okay. And in that movie, Frankenstein is actually the good one who like goes against all of the other universal monsters. Um, okay. So... Yeah, like well, I think I think you'd be you'd be very much into <laughs> Bride. I think you'd be very much, especially if because Bride of Frankenstein is also the closest you're gonna get to a Vincent Price movie in the '30s as well. Mm. You know, like the the vibe of a Vincent Price movie. Yeah, it's just like it's it's a legit horror movie, but my God, this movie is silly. <laughs> Like and I that's love Bride that. of Frankenstein. That is a hundred percent Bride of Frankenstein. Is this is a legit horror movie? But my God, this is nonsense. Yeah, it's great. It's a great, great movie. Uh, struck gold with Bride of Frankenstein. It was everybody playing at their peak. I really okay. think. Okay. I really think it was. Um, but yeah, you know, whack. Whack Carl off in the movie, and you're gonna do very, very well. Yes, no, he has great presence. Um, like, like I said, he wasn't necessarily doing anything that was scary. Like a lot of his whole kind of just hip hypnotizing things from people, you know, of people from a distance. Um, but just his look and his stance and his voice and the way he delivered lines was all just kind of very stoic and creepy in itself. So You've... while I did want more stalking, you know, people in the night kind of yes. things, which is what I was expecting, you know, him with his, uh, you know, mummy strings hanging and him like, you know, mm-hmm. like how you just, you know, how this character has been portrayed yeah. in pop culture. Like yeah. that's kind of what I was expecting. So when I didn't get that, it was a little disappointing because I wanted more of those kind of creepy stalking kind of vibes. 
Um, but just his presence alone and seeing him more in a more human form um, was still very kind of creepy and eerie. Um, so I did like that. Yeah, you don't, apart from the very, very first scene, obviously, yeah. you don't get no bandages. No. You don't get no band. You get you get Boris Karloff wearing a fez. That's what yes. you get. <laughs> the, f- the fez is such a, a weird hat. Yes. Nobody ever suits a fez. No. Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. I shouldn't wear a fez. Should I yes. wear a fez? No, no. no. I mean, I think Benny, Benny from the new mummy actually pulls it off a little bit, but anyone suits a fez. Nobody suits I mean, that's why, because he's the jerk character that you hate, so he's the one who gets the fez. Well, that maybe that maybe that is true. Maybe that is true. Um but you did say you did say as well that you thought the makeup was great, you know. Yeah. did honestly look like he would crumble away if he was touched by anybody else, which is obviously what he keeps saying and saying throughout the movie he doesn't want to risk his own existence his own lifeless endless existence immortal existence yeah so that's Um, why i loved those brilliant face close-ups of when he's hypnotizing and you just see how papery the skin looks and then like his eyes are hollow and then all of a sudden they just kind of come into frame and focus and then you kind of get that sense so i liked that they you know like i said i wanted more like of a physical him like actually coming after people but i liked how they portrayed the hypnotism aspects of always that kind of very creepy eerie close-up of his face and his eyes just kind of appearing when he's like doing the hypnotizing so i liked that um how they you know portrayed him hypnotizing people um even though i did want more of like him like coming after people like he did you know like just going off screen and then you hear like a scream and things like that like i like i always like that kind of um kind of older movie vibe of like portraying like a killing or something like you don't have you don't need to see it to know what's happening i like that they lay out the you know breadcrumbs for you to kind of figure out what's happening off screen like i love stuff like that so i wanted more stuff like that um for sure but um what they did do um i think it's just because since i was expecting more creepy stuff like it I, it didn't feel as creepy as I wanted it to be, but the things that they did do to kind of portray those things still worked, and yeah. I still enjoyed them. It just wasn't as you know, you know, like I said, I expected him stalking around in the bandages like most of the movie, and yeah. So you know, when I didn't get that, it was like a little bit of a bummer. But yeah, what they did do to kind of give him those creepy vibes, what Karloff was doing, uh, definitely worked for me. From what you're saying about wanting stalking in the night (laughs) and wanting a bit of creepiness, I think you will be not one of the people that doesn't like Dracula. I think you will will like Dracula. Dracula is full of creepiness and castle (laughs) and obviously big castles, cobwebs, candles, stalking in the night. Howling wolves, bats, all that kind of stuff. Okay. So, and do you obviously think... Lugosi. Just... Do you think that's why he was always kind of seen as the leader of the monsters? Like, because he's maybe like the one who actually is like the creepiest one. Who, Dracula? Yeah, because he's the actual monster. 
And I think he's the one who knows what he is. Like everyone else is all kind of just conflicted, you know? This is 100% (laughs) the difference between Count Dracula and the rest of them. Is Count Dracula fully embraces the fact, I'm a vampire, I'm doing all this, yay me, I live (laughs) forever. Because in Monster Um, Squad, like he's the leader and like telling all the other monsters what to do. Yeah. creature of the black lagoon go do this like frankenstein go do that and then frankenstein's like i don't want to do this i'm nice and then he like joins the kids in the frankenstein is squad. nice <laughs> frankenstein's monster is ultimately pleasant as a character <laughs> mummy um, you... go do this wolfman and like the wolfman guy yeah like when he's wolfman he's listening to dracula but when he's like a man man he's exactly. like no i don't want to do this that's well, that's that's every werewolf, isn't it? That's every werewolf. Yeah, is every werewolf turns when they become an actual werewolf. Yes. Uh, the Invisible Man's obviously in in its own little bracket as well because the Invisible Man brings on his own evilness. Yes, and madness, and yeah. But he he can't he, really be controlled. He by can't <laughs> he can't be controlled. He is a willing participant of his own evilness. But he's only doing that because he's done something that resulted in something that he can't control. Yeah. Um, So in that way, it's a little bit different. And it's what makes the Invisible Man a particularly interesting character anyway. Which is why I said before, it was the perfect character to remake. Because he is incredibly unlikable. And incredibly fitting in today's world as well of people doing of things pe- of being you know, mad like, with power mad yeah. with power and being you know too much of a genius for your own good and bringing out something that was already there like you've seen him to be like they set him up in the new one to be this very abusive controlling person yeah. in general and then now with this added power you know that gives yeah. him ultimate control um, yeah. over people so um yeah i definitely think that was the smartest one to reboot and why i think like maybe the other ones hadn't worked as well like i even think the mummy like people love the mummy movies like they definitely worked really well as well um but yeah when you try to do things like dracula like dracula untold i think tried to make you sympathize with dracula and like we just discussed he is the one monster that like you don't really want that or need that he's kind of just resigned to doing what he's doing and he's going to be evil and you don't really need any kind of backstory like to sympathize with him which is i think is what that movie was trying to do so it just doesn't work with that character so i think you have to understand the characters and like the elements of those characters that work because yeah even in the new mummy we got that whole kind of him that was kind of his main mission to um you know that because i think also i think that's what kind of hindered my thoughts on this one just a little bit and me expecting more kind of him coming after people in that way because yeah. in the new mummy yes while he does have the same mission to resurrect anoxuna moon like he's coming after like people opened his cursed box and he's coming after those people physically to you know reform himself into a man and you see him like come after people and stalk people you know like a horror movie in that sense yeah so um yeah i think that's why you have to kind of really know the basis of the character to um replicate it later on 
Um, and I think that's where the other universal monsters, the newer ones in the dark universe and all that really failed because they didn't really try to understand the basis that we have here that has kind of been laid out of these characters and build on that or try to expand or take like a nugget, a really important nugget about that character and put their own kind of spin on it. Um, it's so. also incredibly important to note as we wrap up right at the end that the mummy is an original character with a wholly original law dracula is a novel based on vampire law from centuries old yeah frankenstein's monster a novel a novel mm -hmm. the wolfman based on werewolf law centuries old what's the mummy egypt ancient egypt well ancient egypt make, made mummies and had reincarnation yeah okay it's based on ancient egyptian things but, but it's kind of it's there's own no specific story. there's no lore specific about mummies lore no. about the mummy doing certain things that's why it's also quite quite a unique unique movie in that way and i think that's why it also has more i mean to say it has it doesn't have more remakes does it because obviously Drac dracula frankenstein has <laughs> remakes for weeks and weeks on end yes. you could be sat there for a month and not watch all the dracula movies that have ever been made but because there's no like legit like established like historical rules for mummies exactly you can kind of take just things from history and like twisted in your own way so i think it's probably an easier story to do and i think it's more of an interesting story to do because you can um take those things from history and add them to your character and have you sympathize with them but while also still making them like the monster yeah so, exactly yeah. and also i know it sounds silly but it's a big point of the fact that the mummy is called the mummy. It's not called Dracula or Frankenstein or something like that, you know? It's arbitrary. Yeah. Like, if you are... We've talked plenty about vampire <laughs> movies recently. I know we've yes. talked plenty <laughs> about vampire movies recently. And look, if you want to re... I, if, you're, if you're even thinking about remaking Dracula in the same vein as you've just done The Invisible Man. Just don't do it. Just make another vampire movie. Just make a vampire movie in the same way. Yeah. But it's not going to be in the same way, is it? Because vampires are inherently supernatural. What is inherently supernatural about The Invisible Man? Nothing. It's scientific. Yeah, that's true. Nothing. It's like how do you stuff. How do you make that feel real world? Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you can't. You can't. <laughs> The scientific ones you can, which is why, what, which one are they, are they doing now? Which one's he doing? Lee Wanell. He was doing another one. He was doing, oh God, I've forgotten. I don't remember. He was remaking another one. He was remaking The Wolfman. Oh, okay, okay. He was remaking The Wolfman. He was supposedly doing it with Gosling, wasn't he? Oh, that's what, yes. That's, that's some yes. news that came out. Yeah. Wolfman, I think you can do. Wolfman, I think you can do, because it's not strictly tied into anything. It's just, oh, it's just be a werewolf movie. 
you can still make a good werewolf movie. You can still set a werewolf movie any at any time. Yeah. It's, it's just a werewolf movie. Just like you can set a vampire movie at any time. But if you use the word Dracula, it comes with expectation. Yes. You have to stick to the story of Dracula, which is not what they're going to want to do. Unless you do a Blackula. <laughs> Unless you do a Blackula. You know? But it's not what, they want, what they're going to want to do. If you have the title Frankenstein or anything, any denomination of Frankenstein, you have to stick to certain things in the novel Frankenstein. And they ain't going to want to do that. Well, what if they do a thing where it's like people know of Dracula, so they just call him that even though that's not his name because they just are just compared. Like they do like a Spartacus thing where they're like calling him Spartacus, but that's not his name because they're just comparing him to a mythical whatever thing i don't know i didn't think the invisible man was gonna work i didn't think the new invisible man was gonna work and i ended up flat out loving it yeah so i'm just gonna leave it up to smarter people because (laughs) i am obviously one person who goes back to the 30s and goes i like these ones these are the ones i like yes the simple weird creepy old world vibe of them (laughs) And I like them. I like them. There you go. Janine. Janine hasn't seen (laughs) The Mummy. Yes. Um, Has it, has this discussion made you even more excited to possibly watch more Universal Monster movies? Yes. Like, I want to watch all of them. I want to create art on them. And I want to make you watch The Monster Squad. So... (laughs) I should probably watch Monster Squad, yeah. Do you I think you watch... would have a lot of fun with it. <laughs> would you like to watch other movies that aren't in the Universal Monsters movies, but are from the 30s and star the likes of Karloff and Lugosi? Um, yeah, I'd be interested in that. Like, I loved his presence, for sure. Um... Would you want to watch... Here's one for you. Would oh, you want to watch 1963's The Raven... Starring Boris Karloff, alongside Vincent Price, where they both play sorcerers. Oh, goodness. And they sounds have a, very intriguing. They have a magic fight. What? <laughs> Vincent Price and Boris Karloff sit in opposite chairs to each other and have an honest-to-God special effects magic fight with each other. Oh, my god! In 1963. Gosh. It's outstanding. It's also the stupidest thing you've ever seen. Oh, you're selling me big time. <laughs> and Boris Karloff is old and grey. All you have to do is say stupid. And then... <laughs> it's a Vincent Price movie. It's going to have some level of stupidity. This is why we love them. This is why we love them. I am very excited to hopefully actually do The Haunted Palace next week. Yes, hopefully my DVD will come. And if not, then all this build-up will just save it for last. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. I guess we will. I guess we will. Yay. Yay, the mummy. Yay, the mummy. Watch the others, though. Watch the others, though. Watch all the 30s horror. Yes. It's very good, Janine. It's very good, Janine. And now I'm just trying to think of how to incorporate Monster Squad into what Morgan hasn't seen. I can only... (laughs) I can only... Apologize that it wasn't what you thought it was going to be. Yeah, um, definitely not the stalking, creepy thing that I was expecting or hoping for. But it had a great atmosphere. It looked very polished. Um, 
Karloff was great. He had amazing presence. Uh, I liked that we kind of got a sympathetic story, a love story um, on his end. Um, And the moments that were meant to kind of be a little bit creepy worked for me. Um, Just wanted a little bit more from that. I get that. I get that. Well, there we go. Janine, what what else have we got going on? What do we do here? Oh, well, we have uh, Machine Mondays every Monday with me, Janine the Machine. Uh, This week I had on my good friends of our crew, The Coven, Christina Farrow and Abigail Friel. We talked about the Ethan Roca match, the Deep 13 um, final exam match, and we break down the whole singles bracket of the tournament that actually started this week. So check that out if you haven't. Uh, And then, of course, Janine hasn't seen all this month where we flip the switch and Morgan is making me watch things I haven't seen. Uh, and then Friday we have our main show. It's a wonderful podcast where I switch off hosting duties every week with Nolan Dean. So, and Morgan of course is always there. And this week we are talking Roman holiday, our patron Carla's pick, uh, Roman holiday. So check Honest. that out. Honestly, <laughs> one of my absolute favorite romance movies of all time. Yes. It is a travesty that we <laughs> hadn't done it on the show before. I know. I was very surprised when she picked that. And yeah, it had not been yet covered. So yes. Holiday. But we Love have it. you covered every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on the It's a Wonderful Podcast feed. All the places you can find podcasts. Right, Morgan? All the places, places. (laughs) all the places, Janine. That is Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, CastBox, and a whole bunch of others. Because we are absolutely everywhere. Or just on Twitter, of course, at It's a Wonderful One. You can find me on Twitter, at the Purple Dawn with the three instead of the E in the because, Janine. Three is the magic number. We also, of course, have the It's a Wonderful Podcast Patreon page. We do patreon.com slash it's a wonderful one or just search it's a wonderful podcast on patreon all the fun things going on there all the wacky tears all the live streams all the bonus content all the videos all the artwork all the football things as well yes. a lot of stuff going on on the it's a wonderful podcast patreon janine all the good stuff from you is it where you can find me at Janine DeBean on Twitter and Instagram and check out my tea public shop at tpublic.com at G9Design. Got, you know, all my artwork there. Uh, if you are a patron at the right tier, you have your custom artwork there. You can buy your own merch um, or get merch for our shows. I have logos for all of our shows there. So check that Including out. Including Janine hasn't seen? No, not, no. That is a limited edition. <laughs> limited edition Janine hasn't seen shirts yes. may be available at a later date. Perhaps. Hopefully. Hopefully they will. If I, you know, I want one. Oh, I okay. want one. Okay. I want a Janine. So you can just a... remember, you exactly. can just remember the moment you had some control over me. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm all about control. That sounds terrible. <laughs> yes, um, hypnotize me like the mummy. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I'm doing. Um, no, obviously. <laughs> obviously not. Obviously not. Anyway, there we go. I think until next week, uh, Janine, when, well, I suppose until Friday, but hopefully we'll actually be talking about the Haunted Palace next week. Hopefully. <laughs> because truly it is a great movie. That is equal parts absolutely bat hell crazy. All right. 
and I'm excited. <laughs> a fully legit horror movie that's creepy as all all sorts. Like it's full on period clothing, warlocks, ancient demons, haunted houses, everything. <laughs> all right. Okay, I'm I'm into it. <laughs> I think there's only one thing left to do, though. Would you like to do it in an impression of Boris Karloff? <laughs> oh, goodness. The pressure's on. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I could get the list. <laughs> Would you like me to do it? Yes. It, you got the list down. <laughs> Boris Karloff. Okay. Three, two, one. Bye. Bye.